Good evening, everybody. It is Thursday, April 28th, 2022. It's 8.32 p.m. Eastern Daylight Saving Time. This is the Fakeologist Show. This is the Fakeologist speaking. I'm coming to you from the North Shore of Lake Ontario in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And we normally have a super show on Thursdays, but it looks like we're going to move away from that format for tonight unless everyone starts clamoring for it to come back. So we're just going to do a traditional Fakeologist show with many guests because we did assemble some guests for the panel, but uh, now they're just going to be regular guests. So I will introduce everyone on the panel tonight. Uh, myself, of course, Fakeologist. And uh, next on the on the icon list on my left, we have Marcus Allen from EscapeTheNewNormal.com. So welcome, Marcus. What's up, Tim? And then I keep scrolling down. We have an ounce of salt per day from, from Geelong, Australia. Hello, Ni Frank. Nihao. And then we have Catch22, my daughter, who is joining in. And uh, she can just... Oh, wow. Yeah, it's just a, something different. So since we don't have a panel, she'll just be uh, here to comment on whatever we what we talk. Hopefully it'll be interesting to someone her age. I'm, um, not a millennial, whatever comes after millennial. So 22, my daughter. Hello. I believe it's Gen Z, by the way. Gen Z checking in. Mm -hmm. Okay. Me. That should be well, your name that you use on these calls, Gen Z, instead of Catch-22. I, no. I found that on, on on Jeopardy last night, the first episode of Jeopardy I've ever watched in my life. Mm. I found out that it was Gen Z. Mm. It's like Gen so I'll, be, I'll be interested to see if Z becomes a letter in Australia where we say Z instead. Mm. All right. So Marcus has a video tonight to show, and um, I'm going to put it on the display. It. So the, the video is, is going to be part of the show, I believe, Marcus. Yes. It wasn't part of the show. Okay. So, Marcus so let's see if uh, this, this video is for Frank, a tribute to Frank. And let's see if Frank laughs. Ready? Here we go. This is inside my house, by the way. You able to see that, Frank? I can. Do you know what I'm going to do with the salt? Uh, make a lemon drink. Nope. You're going to weigh it 15 grams. That's right. Because I, I think 15 grams sounds like a lot, and you recommend that, but it's really not. I was surprised it was just that much, and I went 16 yeah. grams, so I have a mistake. Well, 16 grams is better, but yeah. There you go. Mm -hmm. There you go. What are you going to do with it? What do you do with it next? I put it back in the container, but on a normal day, <laughs> I, on a normal day, and by, by the way, the lid would have been, that was a prop, I would have had the lid on because I sprinkle it on my, my meat, but I easily put 16 grams on, on my food all day long, easily. I didn't think it was that much, but I, I do. Interesting. Uh, okay. But normally you couldn't eat that throughout the day, so you would take a third of it if you had three meals and sprinkle I, it on. I never have three meals. I had three meals for the first time two days ago, and mm -hmm. I felt awful. Yeah, so it's I, too much, isn't it? Yeah, so I do two meals a day. Sometimes mm -hmm. I do one, was it OMAD? What, what's that called? One meal a day? OMAD? 
What about eating when you're hungry? If you eat good food, is that a good idea? I don't think so. I think intermittent fasting is one of the best things I've ever done in my life. Ditto. Frank, what do you think? Yeah, I've, I every couple of months I I will fast for five days. Mm. You'll you'll fast for five days in a row. Yeah, mm. but it's 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 it, it doesn't it's not entirely with that food. It's just um, for a couple of days I might have about the equivalent of four or five hundred calories. You ever try a dry fast, Frank? And uh, no, no, I always drink salty water. When I'm oh, there. right. And for people who don't know what a dry fast is, that's when you don't drink anything. Oh, I can't do that. Catch 22, what do you think of fasting? Um, I don't really have an opinion. Mm -hmm. I've never done it. I can't do it because I enjoy food. Mm -hmm. can, I, can I give you a boring item about fasting? Go ahead. Go ahead. After three days without food, the um, cell division stops in your body. And so the fourth day and the fifth day, you'll actually have the equivalent of chemo or what they try and achieve with chemo, which is to stop cell division. And so your your body sorts itself out during that time when cell division is stopped. And what's the benefit of that? It's a it, it's a healing. It's a time of healing. If you're not constantly, if your cells are not dividing at that time, then you know processes that are out of whack will stop. But that's the that's the principle of chemotherapy is that you've got um, cells which are operating using sugar fermentation instead of oxygen respiration. That's what cancer is in effect when under stress the cells no longer respire oxygen and carbon dioxide, but they move to glucose fermentation. And when the cell division stops, the body can clean those things up and out. Let's welcome Tiago to the panel. This is an all-star lineup tonight. Uh, it's not necessarily intentional, but uh, I don't mind having a, lots of people on the show. So Tiago, welcome from Sydney, Nova Scotia. How's it going? How's everybody doing? Good? Fantastic. Great. Yeah. Excellent. How you doing, Tiago? Yeah. Ah, just relaxing here, uh, just doing some trading and listening to you fine people. And uh, hopefully we'll get some good uh, conversation here tonight. Tiago, you ever hear me talk about Doug Casey on the Phil Donahue show and how he was wrong about every prediction? Uh, no. <laughs> I've seen, I've listened to Doug Casey a few times, but uh, he's a, he's an older gentleman there. He's in, uh, he lives in Uruguay now, I think. Along with Matt, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so I watched the show. This is the third time I've watched the 45-minute show. And I, I enjoy listening to him, although I don't like the fact that he's a Freemason. He shows it in the video. So does Matt. Uh, but um, he literally predicted the dollar would crash any day now, basically. You know, gold would reach $3,400 an ounce any day now. It's never reached to over 2000 Every single prediction he made on the show didn't come true. And when when was uh, when was this show exactly? Nineteen eighty. Oh wow! So we're talking uh, forty two years ago. Uh huh. Uh huh. Wow. Yet he's rich as fuck. Yeah, yeah. I heard he's got uh, quite a bit of money. Is that yeah. Jeff? How do you make his money, friend? Yes. Not his friend, but he he references him a lot. Yeah. 
And he did not age well. That is for sure. I definitely wouldn't take his health advice. What did he make his money? He made his money scaring people into buying stuff, which I'm sure he pumped and dumped. Yeah, okay. probably. Yeah, I, I, I've I've listened to them time to time. I don't really uh, like all these guys on here. They're not really, you know, uh, they're, uh, you know, they're they, you know, they're there's always a crash coming, you know, next week sort of thing. Like uh, Robert Kiyosaki, uh, oh, Casey, he's the and all these all these kind of guys, and uh, they're they're really not they're not traders really. They don't really. They don't trade the markets. Uh, they're you know like every single day. They don't. They're not you know nothing like that. But uh, or, you know they don't trade in hedge funds or they, they don't manage hedge funds or any or pe- other people's money. So, you know they don't really know. They they're, they're I don't think uh, by listening to them that to me anyway they don't really understand what technical analysis is and specialized indicators like I use. So they don't really you know to them you know there is a crash. It's like Peter Schiff. He's always talking about there's going to be a crash. You know, even a, a broken clock is right twice, twice a day, a day sort of, right? right? So, yeah. Sort of thing. So, yeah. you know, eventually, yeah, there's going to be a crash and then he's going to be like, yeah, I told you so. So, <laughs> so but, the, you know, that's how a lot of these guys on the, uh, I guess, on YouTube and the Internet are. But uh, they're, they're not traders. They're not not by not by my definition anyways. But uh, I, I tend to listen, you know, more to, you know, guys who actually are in the trenches and who trade every single day. Those are the guys I really, you know, pay attention to and listen to. Sure. Well, Tim, since your daughter's here, this would be an excellent, I'd love to get feedback from everyone. I mean, we have everyone from, Frank, you are definitely a little bit older than me, correct? I'm in my 63rd year. Okay. I'm 55. Tim is around there. Tiago, you're like 10 years, nine years younger. And then we have another nine years off that. I I turned 49 this year. So. Oh, you're not too far behind. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. So here's the question. Elon Musk in Twitter. What do you think? Oh, he's saving the world. (laughs) Let's start with the youngest catch 22. What, uh, what do you think? Um, well, currently the entire world hates Elon Musk because um, he had an affair with Amber Heard when she was married to Johnny Depp. So everyone oh, hates him that. right now. In my generation, your generation okay. doesn't care because you guys think the whole thing is fake anyway. But my generation cares. <laughs> um, my we don't think it's fake. We know it's fake. About, about Johnny Depp. So um, Elon Musk is a bad guy right now. But in the Twitter world, um, yeah, he's currently a hero because he's there for free speech and he per, um, he advertises himself as being for the people currently. So he's a hero right now. Mm-hmm. What do you think of him personally? Just based because you you you've got one foot in the fakeologist swimming pool and you've got one pool or one one foot in in the rest of the world. You're you, you're exposed to fakeologists whether you like it or not. So I'm just where where do you stand on the whole Elon Musk? Who is he and what's he doing and is he saving the world? What do you think? I don't think anyone can save the world, but I'm indifferent on Elon Musk. I don't. He could be real. He could be fake. To me, it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. But he has. He's the face of Tesla. He's now the face of Twitter. Mm-hmm. He's collecting all the tea companies. Um, and that's about it. That's, that's all he does. That's, that's it. 
What does that mean? He's collecting all the tea companies. I missed that. All the companies that start with the letter T. <laughs> yeah, that is funny. Well, I don't get it. Tesla <laughs> and what else? Twitter. Twitter. Uh, but what about the bore? Oh, the boring company. Is that a tea company too? What's that? That says underground. Either. He he digs tunnels underground. All okay. tea for tunnels. Okay. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I let the facts get in the in the way yeah. of the story. Is, right? That is just a great pickup. The tea thing. That really is clever. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's a thing. Maybe it isn't. Who knows? But Elon Musk is is there. I don't really care about him either way. Mm -hmm. People say he just bought Twitter to delete the bad stuff that people say about him. That's about it. Nothing deeper on my end. So you don't think there's any nefariousness to it? Because I do, but I'm curious to, to know what you think. Not really. I mean, what what else could he do? Just go through people's data on Twitter and add it to his Tesla data that he already collects? So you're closer than you'd think. Mm, interesting. Mm. So you, do you think Elon Musk is, is an actual person? An actual... As opposed to like an AI or something that we just see on yeah, pictures? Just a, just, just a character created to for a particular purpose. Uh, I suppose... Um, heads of companies can just be the face of companies rather than oh. the brains behind it. Yeah. Relationship if, managers, I like to call them. He can just, like, the <laughs> public figure of the company, like the KFC man. Mm -hmm. So with that, with that idea, if I put that idea to people your age or your, in your peer group, how would they think of that idea? In, in, do you think? Um, I'm sure they might disagree because people in my generation they like people to look up to people who have made it very successfully in life and that do everything on their own build it from the ground up instead of being a nepotism baby or other things like that self-made they like looking mm -hmm. up to people like that and he's relatively self-made he went to queens in kingston <laughs> apparently in people yeah. yeah don't forget you got a worldwide audience here sorry Queen's University, yeah. Kingston, Ontario, Canada. Give you the so, so if I would, if, so if I were to say to your peers, um, I don't think he's self-made at all, but he's been created and steered and pushed every part, every step of the way. How do you think that would be received by people in your in your milieu in your group? I'm sure it'd be fifty-fifty. My generation's more open-minded than yours, definitely. We we kind of people question things in my generation. Um, Are those fighting words? They could be. Sure. <laughs> okay. yeah. All right, I'll take it. I'll take it on. Go ahead. I mean, the older generations are the ones who don't really question everything. They just take it. They told us not to, you know, talk to strangers on the internet and don't believe everything. And yet here you are, on like CNN, watching the real every day, and you read it and you're like, yeah, oh God, we're gonna die. And then they tell us children. We're going to die. We're like, why would you believe everything you see? And my generation kind of questions things. Maybe millennials, the older millennials, those 80s babies, they believe everything too. But the newer generations kind of question everything because the internet's full of crap. So people people are a little more skeptical, I would suppose, I suppose in my generation. Maybe 50-50. Maybe Maybe twenty five seventy five either end depends on the story. Yeah, so you don't think they'd be 
too alarmed if I were to say things like that to them. Not really. Yeah. Interesting. I agree mm. with you, by the way. That's what I've found. Yeah. We're very easygoing, passive people. You could you could really tell us anything and we probably believe it either way. Wouldn't really put up a fight. Okay. But. Why don't we get Tiago in this? Let's keep let's keep this uh, conversation going around. I'll just sort of sit back. Yeah. Tiago. Yeah. So the question is, uh, I think, uh, you know, what do we think of Elon Musk and uh, the purchase of Twitter? If you, and like uh, half of Frank's question there, whether he's for real or not. To me, uh, Elon Musk, it's a very uh, he's it's it's a very complex question to answer because there's so many facets to this guy. And the number one thing is, uh, first of all, he, a lot of the money that he received initially from the beginning of his career was government funded money. Um, a, lot, a lot of government money that he was given. My real opinion on him is, I believe there's breakaway civilization technologically. Um, he's a front guy uh, for the new AI and all the satellites uh, you know, that are going up. Um, and he's, he's not, he, he, okay, he's, he's the owner, I guess, to the public, but, uh, is he the guy who made all this up? Uh, you know, the Tesla cars, the research, all that research and development that was done, uh, again, was given, you know, with government funding, the cars aren't even that good. They have a lot of problems. I know two Tesla owners who, uh, regret their purchases. Um, so for me, um, he's just, he's the future of what everybody's seeing, um, he's the face of the future, but behind, behind in the background is the breakaway civilization technology that's going to come to the forefront that he's going to deliver. And he's going, they're going to try to make him look like the good guy, almost kind of like the prime minister candidate here in Canada, Pierre Paul Olivier. So he looks like a hero right now. He's uh, anti Trudeau, basically. Um, he'll win the next election, um, you know, but uh you know, I think he's going to have nefarious, uh, you know, a nefarious uh, go at the uh, when he's prime minister. So same kind of thing. They 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 make you love them first, and then uh, once they got you trapped, it's it's going to be quite a ride. That's what I think of him. I don't think he's for real at all. What do you think, Frank? Yes, I am um, more or less what Tiago said. They the. the um... You judge people by their fruits, and I think the electric car thing is a terrible scam. Mm. Um, it, it doesn't even match the carbon dioxide equation, let alone any other economic equation. So the idea that these electric cars reduce the carbon footprint is completely the reverse of the truth. It's a, um, it's such a, um, a scam. So and and as Diego says, the cars are terrible. He's I think he's bailed out of the Tesla car thing himself. He's onto new and bigger things, putting rockets into space and so on. Um, yeah, he, yes, he has him and his uh, his brother. But uh, the majority of the, the the owners that I've actually I've spoken to two of them, and they hate the cars. And one car actually burnt the uh, the uh, what do you call it the uh, the battery in the car actually burnt. Um, and it's, it's terrible. Uh, the servicing is terrible at Tesla. They're, they're horrible cars, but, uh, Frank's right. I mean, uh, I, I just don't think he's real, uh, looking at his background, looking at, you know, everything that this guy's done. If you actually look at what he's done and who's given him the money, um, you know, to me, he's just the front guy for the new technology for that breakaway civilization that I've been talking about. 
So essentially, um, you know, I assume he's working for the what we what you call Marcus the um, military oh, industrial complex. Yes, the military the industrial complex. Yeah. Military industrial complex. If I may, um, also Tesla is technically not a car company; it's a computer company, right? Because they they pride themselves on coming up with the best technologically perfect computer cars, and then they just put they wrap the computer in a car, and that's that's all they do. Um, mm. they their cars are the worst made cars ever because it's they're not. They're not there to make a car. They're there to make a computer, pretty much, and then mm. sell it to you as a car. That's that's the point. Um, that's a great observation, by the way. I've never heard that. Okay. Oh, yeah. I was the, a, other, the other I, part, particularly, sorry, just one little ahead, boring thing. In the American winters, electric cars are terrible because mm -hmm. when you're trying to heat your car, right. that uses an enormous amount of energy. Plus when, plus when the plus when the rain turns to ice and you try to open the doors, you can't. Yeah, the handles. I free. did. I did. I didn't know about that, but I'm just talking about from a theoretical point of view. Mm -hmm. Cold climates, Canada in particular, the north of the USA, it's it's too cold for electric cars to be practical. You you can't drive to work freezing. That's mad. Mm. I love cars so much that I actually created a business around test driving cars for five years. And I test drove the X when it came out and it was literally the worst car I ever drove. <laughs> well, I, personally, I'm not, I don't really have an opinion either way on the, on the quality of the Tesla car. Cause I've never experienced one, but I did see a, many Tesla videos where the actual owners create the videos and they do dispute the charge that they are much worse in the winter. And there's many videos where they're, that I saw where they're driving around Edmonton in the winter, which is typically minus Celsius and below. Yeah. And they were, they were, they were trying, they were debunking those messages about how they are, um, how they deplete to an unusable amount in the winter. Well, yeah. if your if your job is twenty five miles away, yeah, the range goes down, but it's not going to go down to twenty five miles from three fifty. But yeah, your three fifty might go down to one fifty if it's cold mm -hmm. enough. But I I have standing in this because I have um, a hybrid vehicle, mm -hmm. which I think are the best vehicles, and it, it was predicted by case, yeah. Lee Iacocca said in uh, the nineteen nineties that he said that all cars would be a hybrid in the late 2000, the first decade of the 2000s. He was wrong, but uh, he did predict that uh, that would be the case. And I, I, I can testify, I think it's a great idea, the hybrid car, the plug-in hybrid, that's what I have. And I would, also, yes, I, agree. I would also agree with Frank that heating uses an extreme amount of electricity. And that's why my hybrid's computer is programmed to turn on the gas engine when it's below four Celsius. So it's it's got an it's got some AI if you want to call that AI it's got some intelligence around that because it knows that it's much cheaper to burn fuel to create heat. Although if the price of fuel goes to ten dollars a liter, that might change the equation. <laughs> Tim, back to to Twitter and uh, yeah. Elon Musk. What do you th what do you think the real reason he bought it was? 
Well, I think it's just to maybe somehow control the narrative of censorship. And I don't really believe he bought Twitter. I don't know how the finances are created around that story. I, I, I don't know if we get to know what's really going on with the transfer of money. I, it doesn't really, it seems like an insane investment to buy a microblogging website because it's just a website with lots of technology storage space because I have a, I have a blog and I have a micro blog component to it, and it's not worth fifty four billion dollars. Now, I well, you're buying the user, you're buying the user base. That's what he's buying. Yeah, but it's a but it could be a user base that's completely stuffed with bots. There's a good chance that uh, well, you would know better than most. That well, that probably, that's actually the direction I'm going is hmm. the bots. That's why he really bought it. He bought it for the bots. That's a hint. Mm-hmm. Do you know what that means? Well, I think the bots are what influences the conversation and controls the direction of the narrative. But maybe that's part of it. It's so influential. It's like the New York Times and Washington Post and maybe the London whatever used to be back in the day where they control the direction of the conversation. They control the narrative. But that's just... Am I getting warmer? Well, actually, Tunex nailed it. And I'll read what... He wrote, everyone will be willing to fork over all their data to be verified on Twitter and then succumb to a CCP-like password. That's what this is all about. This is all about your social credit score. And the only way to post on Twitter will be to be verified since you're not a bot. You have to verify you're not a bot. And that's like Facebook where you have to turn in your picture and your driver's license and your last phone bill to prove that you're a real person. That's the way I look at it. Well, two knacks nailed it. Now Josh. I have, um, I just sent you Tim through the private chat and maybe you can pop it open. Uh, something that almost yeah. no one knows, which is that Elon Musk is a 2005 graduate of Klaus Schwab's young global leadership. Well, that's a surprise. Not really. Is it really? Okay. Here it is on the screen. Is that coming through? Yep. So if you scroll down and search for Musk, this is very hard to find, by the way, because it's yeah. very scrubbed from the internet. Oh, really? So this is this is on archive.org or archive.ph, right. and here it is halfway through. What's the date on this article? Uh, as you scroll March 18th, 2008. Yeah. So he is a member of the much-hated, or it's slowly becoming the much-hated, World Economic Forum, and then we have the lovely transgender Queen of Jordan also. Oh, if you read that list, it's it's amazing. It's a who's who of tyrants. Right, and it's been 14 years, so this is, the graduating class is in control at this point, I would would say, all over the place. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's the way I look at it. Uh, Also, he owns Neuralink, which is a brain chip company. Uh, everything he does is the exact opposite. In fact, Tim, I remember during the truckers freedom convoy, you posted something about this. He, he was praising the truckers for what they were doing and literally the same day. And I'll post it in the notes, the companion notes that I'll post at fakeologist.com. And if you go to the blog section, look for today's date, April 28th, 
2022. Or if you go to my website, escapethenewnormal.com and click on the Marcus Allen Show, uh, I am calling this, this is why we should all be scared of Elon Musk. That's what I'm titling it temporarily right now. I'll post all these notes and yeah, you'll see, you know, he's, he's Neuralink brain chips. He's, um, oh, and he flip-flops. So on the, he, he was like, we support the truckers. And the same day he announced his self-driving trucks, which will get rid of the truckers. And he does this every time, every time he does something, it's like, he's trolling us. It's amazing. So he plays both sides of the, both sides of the fence. The same the day, literally the same day. I have a whole file of this. Okay, put that put that in the notes. Yeah, I'll put all of that in the notes. Yeah, I'll put all my I'll put my whole notes about Elon Musk in there. All right. So is that the final word? Any more comments on Elon Musk and the and the Twitter? Purchase, which is becoming yesterday's news. Yes, it hasn't even made the the uh, eleven day news cycle, has it? Nothing like eleven days. There was a great comment in one of the YouTube videos that I saw, and I'll, I'll read it real quick. It says, "I think this is a bait and switch. Whether Twitter allows freedom of speech or not, Elon Musk stated that he's annoyed by the Twitter bots and wants every Twitter user." to authenticate their existence to prove that they are human. That means that every Twitter user will have to provide their personal information, such as name, home address, phone number, and current photo, in order to access the platform. That takes away all anonymity from the user, which is very dangerous when you look at the legislation that the United Kingdom and the EU are trying to pass, which aims to criminalize online speech. It's only a matter of time when every government will adopt similar thought crime legislation and a VPN will not be able to cover your tracks. It leaves it to open Twitter, likely adapting into social credit digital ID system. And that will probably extend to needing a digital passport to log, just to access the internet, just to right. wherever you are. That's right. the natural progression and extension. Like we're really, really lucky that you're here that everyone here is able to talk still because I don't think the future you're going to have that not on the internet as we know it. I agree. Mm -hmm. And that's a, that's a great opportunity for someone to develop, you know, a, an off their system internet. And I don't think it's that hard with mesh networks and, I don't think you can like be in a truck like you are, Tim, and use the internet with an alternative mesh network. I think you're going to have to be stationary. Um, well, I, I don't. I, I, I think there's an opportunity. I think any time that uh, a system begins to dominate and falter, there's always there's always going to be ways around it. Water always finds the easiest pathway. So I, 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 I don't really have too much worry about it. I think they just want to control the the mass the masses, the greater group, but there's always alternatives. Mm -hmm. And another comment I found on Medium about this, he's, uh, the person wrote, in his talk at the WEF, which is, of course, the World Economic Forum of Davos, Elon Musk dis discussed how society needs to work together to create some kind of world government. 
He stated that this would be necessary to address the challenges currently posed by climate change and artificial intelligence. So Elon Musk is no freedom fighter friend of the common person. It's a complete lie. He's a wolf in sheep's clothing. Right. As usual. As usual. Yep. He's really the elite's public relations manager. Mm. And as, soon as, as soon as the public gets tired of him, they'll bring a new one out. Mm. So maybe Mark Zuckerberg was uh, on stage, on the world stage for a while. And if he wears out his welcome, maybe Bill Gates at the time, during his time with the personal computer was trotted out and now he's on his last hurrah pushing the the digital world digital id in the name of keeping track of vaccines mm -hmm. and elon musk is really for catch 22's generation catch 22 mm -hmm. is there anyone that's uh that has the same status in your generation as elon musk is there anyone that you can see bubbling up underneath Elon that could take his place? No. Mm -hmm. No, no one would. Currently. I yeah. mean, I, I don't really know how many people follow him too closely anyway. We just listen to the, the stories that pop up about him. I personally don't listen to stories about him really. Because mm -hmm. I, I don't really, really care. Okay. If, I'm, if I'm being honest, it's a, it's a boring yeah. answer, but oh, that's he's... fine. I, I'm not really that interested in him either, but the powers that be have put him in, in front of us now for this week. He's definitely been at the top of the pops. Even if you want to ignore him, it, it's very, been very difficult this week, at least. I have a little story to say if we want to switch topics a little bit. Sure. So I have something which I've been touting to um, the people who back me over at Escape the New Normal, and I put out a briefing about this. I have something called a go-to-zero strategy, and Tiago will love this. Tiago, I don't think I've ever told you this, but ever since October of almost two years ago, I have stopped paying on all my unsecured debt. I have eight credit cards that I've stopped paying on ever since October. You're supposed to say yay, because that was your idea that you mentioned a couple of weeks ago, I thought. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but everybody's got to do it. <laughs> well, I'm trying to lead by example. Yes. And and the good news is that uh, I had my, I two of them so far, actually, I ruined my credit because I know credit will be nothing. You will not have if anyone thinks you're going to have a good credit score coming in the near future, you're high as a kite. Again, I was in the leasing business for five years and I saw this coming about two years ago. I had people with absolute stellar credit, 835 here in the States, 850 is perfect. Plenty of income, just perfect. Couldn't lease a car. And, and then I found out that they weren't very politically correct. So the social credit score really started kicking in a couple of years ago. So it doesn't matter what your credit score is. You're going to not have any credit unless you're perfectly politically correct. Then you'll have perfect credit. So I went to my go to zero is to stop paying unsecured credit and to move all IOUs. That would be retirement funds, 
uh, crypto, anything that's not asset based and move it into assets that spin off residual income. And I've been working on that for a year and a half. So anyway, I got sued by two credit card companies over the months. And it finally came to court last Monday at the same time, ironically. And I won both court cases. And I did it by literally just showing up. All you do is show up and you win. Uh, I, I don't know if anyone's familiar with this, but most debt is bought as a package. So you can buy like a million dollars worth of debt. If you're really a good negotiator, you get it between two and a half percent to five percent. If you're really good, you get it for less than two and a half percent. So if you buy a million dollar package of bad debt, on that million dollars, it'll cost you twenty five grand. Well, if that if that package has a thousand people in the debt package and three of them pay their debt in full, eventually you broke even. Anything beyond that is a win. But they know that ninety eight percent of people won't show up to a court case. And they don't even show up themselves. So that's a big hint right there. If you're in a bad situation and you're going to zero, you have nothing to worry about. They'll take you to court and they will not show up and you will win the case. In fact, it's funny because the judge, it always goes to the local judge. It goes to where you live. And the judge, when I was in there by myself, he said, well, since the plaintiff hasn't shown up on either cases, because my, my, the two cases were literally right on top of each other. He said, since they're not here, you have two options. I can either continue this and do it again at a future date. Or option number two is you can request that I drop the case. I said, thank you very much. I'll take option number two. He goes, that's your right. Uh, and I'll send it to you in writing in the mail. And uh, there's the back door if you want to save a couple steps to your car. Have a nice day. <laughs> right after. You so can't do that too many times though. You now no, you, right. No, because now what you do, so now when I get this proof in the mail, see now it's going with my wife. So those uh, so I had two credit cards in my name, so I'm done with me. Now the six are in my wife's name. Now she's freaking out cuz she doesn't want to go to court and she's embarrassed and all that kind of stuff. And I said, "Listen, what we'll do is we will, as soon as we get a notice that we're being sued, I will contact them on the phone and I'll say, Hey, listen, uh, you just spent $170 on filing a lawsuit. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'm going to send you a settlement of $200. You've offered a settlement of half. Let's say half of it was 2,500 bucks. Yeah. You're not getting $2,500. I'll send you $200. That'll take care of the court costs and you can take the, the rest and buy yourself a nice lunch. And I know that they will all take that because, again, it's a numbers game. They know that most of the people they're going to lose money on, but they're going to hit the home run on a few. So if they can recoup their costs, they'll take it. The worst case scenario is I have a letter with each credit card that has offered me anywhere from 40% to 60% off the debt and with no expiration date. So I can hmm. – and Tunak just said make sure and record the, the court docs. Yes, but now some people are going to be like, well, what about my credit? Dude, there's no, you're not going to worry about credit score ever again in life, unless you're 100% politically correct. Yeah, they did, uh, they did the same thing with Rebel News a few months ago. They applied uh, to get a mortgage on a building in downtown Toronto, and uh, Royal Bank of Canada wouldn't even take the application based right. on their political standing, and they had great credit and, and right. income. 
Yeah, that was disgusting. Yeah. So I have a, I have a, I have a, a, a better part of the yeah. story. So we're doing the same thing with the retirement. My wife is literally retiring a year earlier than her 35th year of service. And everyone is screaming, how can you do that? You're just one year away from full retirement. Well, in the news, uh, Peasers, who is her state, Pennsylvania state retirement system, um, they have had the exact same investigations with the FBI for malfeasance and misappropriations of funds and the exact same nonsense that happened with Enron. And I've been warning my wife for two years now that it's been in the news. I said, you have to get out and you have to get out fast, fast. We, there might be no, no money. Forget the pension. Just take the lump sum. Because when you retire, you get a lump sum plus you, you get your pension, which is half your pay. So who cares about the half the pay? You're not going to see that years from now. The same thing's going to happen with uh, with your lump sum. So anyway, here's the here's the point of the story. Someone asked in the audience. By the way, I was the guy who was in front with the hand up the whole time, and who everyone every teacher hates. I'm that guy, and I was that guy again. I was asking all these questions that everyone in the room should have been asking. It's very confusing this retirement nonsense. So someone said, there's a rumor going around that we should delay our retirement from June 15th, which is the last day of school, 15 days until July 1st. And the woman, the counselor said, that's correct. And then the person said, why is that? Are you ready for this? She said that the life expectancy of the pensioners has dropped two years this year. Oh, dear. Okay. Frank will love that. I don't love it, but it's... No, you, yeah, you'll, you'll understand that stat. Yeah. Anyway, story time over. I just thought that was quite interesting. Mm. <laughs> it's interesting. Mission, mission accomplished with the vaxes, hey? Oh, yeah. It's, uh, it's still going on. Mm-hmm. Two years in one year, life expectancy has dropped. So now all the people in the room... They, they're just close. They're, they're, they're old teachers, libtards. They're all excited because they're going to get in. They're like, how much more do you expect we're going to get? Oh, you'll probably get $40 more a month. Oh, that's great news. Well, not, that's always not, not the way. fact that they're dying two years early. Yeah, they missed the point. <laughs> well, this is the same argument with the Canada pension plan. Then in Canada, you could you can apply. It's normally for 65-year-old, but you can start it at 60 and get less money. Mm-hmm. And the the point of equalization is about 78 years old. Right. When, <laughs> so, and the average lifespan is, for a male in Canada is around, well, no, it's actually, it's, I don't think it's quite 80 yet. So it's in and around there. But they're, they're not giving you any extra money. It's all, it's all a numbers game. They figured right. it out. There's no question. But I, I had told a friend of mine who was older than me that make sure you get it when when you're 60 because you just don't know. And he had health issues and he didn't listen to me. And uh, he died in his mid-60s one month before he was going to get his first check. <laughs> so he got <laughs> none of it. And uh, so I always advise people just the minute anyone offers you any money that you're entitled to, just take it. Take all of it. That's right. Or it goes away. So I've always done that. 
Mm-hmm. So, so Tim, to respect your time, because I know you like to wrap things up in about 14 minutes here. Yeah. I think the last thing that we should all talk about, including your daughter, mm-hmm. is what do you think about the concept that you should not save for retirement, that you should reach a certain point, maybe in your 50s and 60s, and start spending your money so that you plan it so that if you're average, that you die penniless. Or versus you should save your money all the way until the end and then give it away to your children who won't appreciate it. I guess I'm showing my bias by saying that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Or bounce your check to your undertaker. That's why. Right. That's from that Stephen Gross financial. (laughs) Right. He actually said that. Really? That's what I know. It's a good joke. The only problem is uh, that's why the, the funeral funeral homes want you to prepay your funeral up front. So yeah, well, you don't have to worry about that anymore because most are cremated. Most are mm-hmm. cremations now. Well, right. Well, there's still some people who want burials and whatnot and all that. It's less so. than two. Per, it's less than two percent now. It used to be fifty percent. Oh, is that yeah. right? Yeah, I believe it. Well, you still have to pay for your cremation, but I get 600 it. Six hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. And I only know that, by the way. I now know another family member who has probably died from the vax. Thirty-nine years oh, old. Right. Uh, How long? Thirty-nine. Thirty-nine. Whoa, it's too. He young. was a quote-unquote closeted alcoholic who bled to death in the shower. <laughs> but mm. but when we got the text about what they were doing for him, there was no mention of transfusions, and of course they put him on a ventilator. Mm-hmm. That's that's COVID protocol, All right? Yeah, and that's a certain death. That's right. So anyway, back to my question. I'm curious. What do you guys think? Should you gauge it so that you spend it and your last check bounces to the undertaker, or do you do what the traditional person does and save for the rainy day deep into retirement? Well, why don't we ask Frank first because he's the closest. To yeah, the- closest to death. I'm going to dispute that. I'm, I'm, my, my assumption, <laughs> given that Jesus has died on the cross for me, is that, that I now have eternal life. Mm. So, so that makes my life much more pleasant mm-hmm. for a start. Um, I essentially took your view, Marcus, some time ago, mm-hmm. which is the reason why I started the company that I've started. Mm simply because my view is that any digital assets are not worth anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I started this company. I bought property. I even bought a plane because at the time, planes were being sold in the USA for $21,000, which was $20,000 in my money at the time. Um, and that well, like, plane, like a, a Cessna. A, a Comanche. It is a Piper. Uh-huh. Comanche. Uh-huh. Um, and I think the prices in the USA have all skyrocketed now for those yeah. those types of things. Yeah. But, you know, essentially, I don't really have paper assets. I have, you know, stuff that really is supports my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I recommend to people the idea that your retirement is secured by paper assets is mm, I'd say unwise at, you know with, with only minimal with only um, 
minimal level of pessimism. I, I don't think paper assets are going to be worth the, what's it called? The, the electrons they're written on. That yeah. verbal contract's not worth the paper it's written on, as Sam Goldman would say. So again, you, you're converting the IOUs to assets and assets that give you residual income. Yeah. Like your salt factory is giving you residual yeah. income. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Essentially. Yep. Yeah. Anyone um, else want to? Anyone else want to take a stab? I mean, I'm only 23. I'm just trying to, you know, move out currently. I'm not really trying to retire. What? Um, You're moving out. Listen, I'm not thinking of retirement. Unfortunately, I can't relate to any of you. I'm not thinking of retirement. I'm not thinking about the kids that I'm going to resent and not leave my money to and hate in the end because clearly all of you got some issues you need to work through. But, hey, look, just before you well, go into the I already worked through those issues. It, we're, how, we're did you get, how did you pick a name like Catch-22, which is, you know, that book came out when I was 12 years old. Um, if you want, uh, the the real reason I came up with it is because my favorite Australian band, Five Seconds of Summer, has a song called Catch-22, and that is how I chose this name. Okay, very so good. There we Thank are. You. You're welcome. And how did they choose that name for their song? What's it about? Uh, it's, it's about liking a girl. It's just, you're a Catch-22. That's what the song is about. I Okay. I don't know how they came up with it. They're only about three or four years older than myself, so mm -hmm. I wouldn't well, consider well. them that much we'll wiser. Ju we'll just have to ask the Tavistock Institute why they selected them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I'm not thinking of retirement. I'm just thinking of saving money to move out, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Dad. So my, my son, my oldest son says the same thing. I, I asked him why he filed taxes behind my back. Oh, <laughs> what a sinner. And I, I, I got into my wife's grill about that too. I said, did you know about this? Yes. I said, you know, he didn't make enough money to have to file taxes. Yes. But he wants to get, he wants to move out and get a house. I said, do you not listen to what I'm telling you? You're not going to be able – first of all, you can no longer get a house with 1% down or 5% down. You need 40% down now, 40%. The prices of housing is skyrocketing. You're not going to be able to afford to buy a house. And then all the energy bills are skyrocketing. I paid triple for my energy prices two months ago because of – ready for this? Carbon taxes. That's new on the electric bill. Go go look at your electric bill. See if that's on there. Triple. I don't think, it's, I don't think it's new here. Is it new here? I don't pay attention, Dad. No, it's 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 been going on here for a while. It's yeah. on all kind. Any carbon tech. Well, we that's we carbon is everywhere. We are carbon. We're walking carbon. They can they can find carbon uh, everywhere. So yes, it's it's just, it, it, it to me it's just a general tax that they specifically are applying to energy right now and of course energy is the basis for everything in our economy so it it will spread throughout but yes it's another just another hidden it's another hidden tax or in some cases it's bro broken out on your bill so you can actually see the words carbon tax yeah trudeau also already told us to uh, give up on trying to buy a house so i've already been really? broken down into nothing yeah it was a while ago mm -hmm. he, already, he came out and just said you know give up on your dreams kids and go live in a home already bye bye okay now here is here is what i think 
people your age should be doing, and that is working collectively. Yes. So, so there are, and I've I've suggested this to a group of engineers that I worked with while I was in Adelaide. That really, they were they were young engineers that were familiar with permitting and all sorts of things. Um, it's obvious that they could have bought, say, an, an industrial site that was being rezoned, etc., and essentially collectively they could build houses or housing for themselves and their families at a fraction of the cost the reason the housing market is unbearable is it it is mad to try and just have one house for one family right the way we do right. it's it just doesn't make any sense so what's required in my opinion for young people who are quite happy to have 10 or so in a household anyway is to have that same vision but to create their own property, their own asset. And to add to that, you have to be willing to be lawless because of all the new environmental and Davos bullshit laws that are coming down the pike to save the planet. You're not going to be able to build your house. You're not going to be able to tap into a well. You're not going to be able to put solar. You can't put rain gutters up that will collect water. It's illegal. In in a lot of places in Pennsylvania, you are not allowed to not be tied into the electrical grid. In other words, you can't have solar panels. They they must be solar panels that are tied into the grid. It is unlawful to have your own energy. So you have to be willing, like me, to be unlawful when it comes to doing that. Most people yes, will not and do and that. then in the end, they will have to prosecute you, mm -hmm. and they and and that prosecution they will have to demonstrate that they are. Their law is in fact lawful, which it almost certainly is not. Right, but you have to have the backbone, and you, and, you know we can yes. do that, but most people can't. Yeah, it'll make I just really point. bummed her out. I think. No, <laughs> you didn't bum me out. To, to be perfectly honest, I don't. I don't really know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh. I, I don't. Do, I don't. Do you, want, do you want me to simple speak it for you? No, I do not want you to mansplain it for me. Um, oh, here we go. <laughs> oh yeah, I'll, I'll I'll go after okay. you. Don't worry. Oh. I I no I I don't need. I'll I'll figure it out as I get older. I'll ask my dad one day. I don't. We don't need to bore the the listeners while you explain things to me. We can keep going. Any other fun topics? Happy, happy conversations going Wait. on? <laughs> well, let's get Diego's take on the whole thing. She sounds like my neighbor. My my neighbor doesn't like talking to me because I'm, I'm not fun topic person. You don't always need to be fun topic to be interesting to talk to. Just sometimes the doom and gloom gets to people a little bit. Right. Well, it yeah, it's I, interesting I, I, you say that because on my Monday show I'm doing, uh, let me pull that up, 5-2. I have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 reasons I'm super grateful. In fact, the title of my show is These Are the Reasons I'm Happier Than Ever When Others Are Miserable. So if you want some <laughs> if you want some good news, listen to my Monday show. It's free at escapethenewnormal.com. Tune in. <laughs> Tune in. Is it good news or is it news? Would you like me? I, I will literally list them all if you want, and then I'll go into detail on Monday. Um, finally getting under top, and these are by prior, priority order. Finally getting good at understanding the game. Life is not nearly as hard or scary or challenging as we're told. I have a very clear image of who the enemy is. Massive awakening of people that count. Ex exiting the hate stage towards admiration. 
that's a little that's a little inside baseball. Life is more predictable than ever. Go to zero, which I talked about tonight. Almost in the best shape of my life. Mastered the art of saying no and not worrying about what people think about me. No longer drinking alcohol, plants, coffee. My wife and I are in the best terms ever. The boys, same way. My youngest is no longer in prison, school. Uh, I know a thousand times more about life than my parents taught us. And finally, um, I'm... Well, I'll save the, the the best ones for last, so I'll save that one for Monday. So, yes, it's very positive, and um, I, I think I'm positive a lot. It It's the people who don't like me who think that I'm just overly optimistic and think that no one's waking up, and it's not me. I'm very optimistic about the future. Let me just read one comment here from Jericho in the fake tube chat, which is a separate chat, uh, and you can't see it on the main screen, so I bring it up on its own screen. Jericho from England says, more and more people here in the United Kingdom are challenging the system. Long story, we don't pay our liability statements and ask them certain questions they can't answer. We have some great process. We also change the electric meter and install our own. I'm like, okay. Nice. That's interesting. I like that. I know a guy went to jail for doing that, but that's all right. Yeah, if he wasn't electrocuted, because they have to turn it off at 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 the end of the street usually. Uh, you need to know who you really are. Are you a person or a man? No one is between me and my creator. So yeah, that's the legal the legal fiction of the person. And yeah, that's where he says, what is the difference between lawful and legal? Statutes and acts are for persons. Are you a person or a legal entity? Or are you a man or a woman? Mm-hmm. We've heard that before. So. Yeah, see, that gets into the whole common law thing, and I just ignore all that. Like, Well, the legal fiction of the person. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's like all that stuff is just not, I don't care about that. Like I'm mm-hmm. building these towns and I don't care about what the government says. I'm not worried about them. I know the 10 things that I need to do to do things privately. I have no concern about them. Mm-hmm. Let's get Diego's take on. Did we, did you answer retirement? Diego? I don't think. No, no. Yeah, let's hear it. I'd love to hear it. No, I, I uh, for me myself, I just uh, killed two birds with one stone in that uh, Marcus's question there. Um, so basically, I make enough money to uh, spend what I want when I want, and uh, I'm going to leave my kids uh, or my daughter uh, money at the end of it. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not really, you know, when you talk about in terms of saving, quote unquote, I, I usually just buy what I want. There's, you know, and whatever is my my account, it's in my account, and uh, I don't really. Um, you know, I don't really say, well, I'm going to have a, you know, a specific amount of money at the end of the month. Um, you know, it, it's all relative, right? It's all relative to how much you make and uh, what investments you have and, and all this kind of stuff. So, yeah. Okay. So I hope that answers your question. But do I you think uh, you should save for retirement uh, or do you, do you agree it with de- the... It, de- it depends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it depends. It depends on again. It depends on on what what uh, what facilitates your income. How you're making. You know, if you're a guy who's a, you know uh, making fifty million, a hundred million a year, does it does it really matter? Mm-hmm. Right? Does it really? It doesn't. It doesn't matter. For if you're talking in terms of an average person, that's going to be up to that person. You know how they want to how they want to do that. Um, for you know, if it was if I had like an you know, let's say for example, a fifty thousand dollar income then uh you know absolutely i'd be putting some away yeah i'd be a little bit more of a, a saver 
But if I have, you know, a more substantial income than that, I, I don't really care. I'll just, you know, purchase whatever I want. And if there's any left at the end, then my daughter can have it. That's I it. think it I think it was Brett Weinstein who brought this topic up, which was, and I was in the car with my wife when I heard it. And of course we disagree, <laughs> which is because you know, you're married. So it, it's, it's not, it, it's more like, do you, is there a, a tipping point or a peak in your life where it's like, okay, we've made enough money where we can now like throttle through and mm-hmm. kind of, you know, not, not be destitute at the end, but literally just like, instead of leaving it for our kids who won't appreciate it mm-hmm. and most won't, some will, but most won't, do we just blow through it all and have very little at the end? Or do we do the traditional save as much as possible, scrimp, save, be, sacrifice, until the yeah. end and then you die and then you leave it for your children. Yeah, look, I I think I think you should live your life, you know, just because you're, you know, 50, 60, 70, 80 years old, whatever age you are, the upper I'm talking the upper years, you still have to enjoy your life. I believe you still have to enjoy your life. So even if I was one of those guys that was making, you know, 30 or 40,000 a year, I'd still I'd still be traveling. I'd still enjoy my my life, get, you know, get the things that make me happy. Um and I wouldn't be, you know, penny pinching right till the very, you know, right till the bitter end. Um, I'd be enjoying life. You got to enjoy life. You know, you got to be happy and go travel, meet people and uh, Mm -hmm. experience new things. Mm -hmm. So, and if that means, you know, blowing through a little bit of money, Hey man, you only live once. Right. So, you know, you gotta, you gotta go for it sort of thing, but you know, do it, do it, I think in an intelligent fashion, if you got a hundred grand in the bank, you know, don't be blown through a hundred grand in a few weeks. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, you know, yeah. Could I just stop you? You you made a comment then, and it was almost flipped that you only live once. Okay. Yeah. Now I I'm, I should preface what I'm saying by saying I agree that is the that is a fact. Mm-hmm. But there are many many people mm-hmm. who do not agree with you. Right? What does Either that mean? Th- what does that mean? It, what it means is I think that people are affected in the way that they plan finances, retirement, the way they live their life with on a view that they can live forever or are going to come back, you know, a hundred times. I have right. a feeling um, that's all. And I, th- I think this question that Marcus is asking, you know, how do you plan for retirement and so on, a lot of it is going to depend on what your view of existence is. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I if, if if I was to give any advice, it would be if you're going to do things, at least make them compatible with your what you think is reality. Yeah, yeah, I think you know. I guess yeah, I guess it yeah depends on you know whether you think you're going to come back or how long you know or what you just mentioned there. But uh, for me myself, you know, to be honest with you guys, I think I have a a skill that allows me to make you know, a decent income at any time, at any point that I want. So for me, I don't really, I don't really think in terms of, uh, you know, I got to save, you know, for my, you know, uh, quote unquote retirement sort of thing before I die. So I just, I live in the moment. I live, uh, you know, if I want to purchase a new car or a new bike or whatever, I'll, I'll do it. I don't really think of, you know, how much is this going to cost sort of thing, but that's just solely based on, you know, a particular skill that I have that allows me to do that. So I think I think that answer is is you're right. It's it's different for everybody. But the other question is, if you're saving, what 
what is it you're saving? Do you, you know, people are saving dollars or paper assets or something, thinking right. they're saving. Mm -hmm. Can anyone give me the forecast of what's going to be the right place to be with your retirement fund? You know, it is just a nonsense idea at this time. The guys that are running the system are clearly planning to close that system down and give you a, um, what do you call it, an income for life type thing where you get that income provided you toe the line. Universal basic income. Yeah. Universal yeah. basic income. Uh, yeah. that, so that's, that's coming. There's, mm -hmm. you know, no amount of me praying is going to stop that. Yes. Um, that's a reality. What does that mean for, for me? That means to me develop skills that allow me to live in that world. Without, or get out without, of that, or get out of that world, Frank. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, but you know, in that set of circumstances, like in, you know, I can imagine like in Australia, they've built these, these uh, wellness camps for people. They think they're going to flood out of their homes in the next uh, few months. And they're called wellness camps. It's straight out of 1984. Mm. And I guarantee that to be well, you won't be allowed to have salt. That's the first thing I can guarantee. Mm -hmm. So my, question, yeah. my yeah. question to you, Tiago, is when you say you've got this skill, what does that mean in another world? It might, you know what, you're right. In another world, if it transfers over once, if I'm still alive, then um, the bottom line is this. I'm a hustler. I'll make it happen no matter what. So if mm -hmm. they take away my skill in this in this realm of me trading and making money and not worrying about, uh, you know, that I can buy a car or a motorcycle or whatever, and they take that away from me, that's no problem because I'm a hustler. I'll figure it out. So even right. if they transcended, let's say, for example, like you're saying, to a totally different system, I'll excel yeah. in that too. I'll figure it out. I'm a hustler. Um, yes. I'm one of those so guys that's that, the skill, yeah. isn't it? That's the skill, really. Where it, I would have thought we should all be recommending to people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the skill. The, listen, the skill is adaptation. You got to be a. You got You got to be a hustler. You got to recognize. You know. You got to recognize trouble, and you got to anticipate how you're gonna. You know, fix that solution. So, you know, to answer your question, yeah, if they close this realm of financial. Uh, uh, you know, uh, technology that I'm, you know, that I'm using every single day to make money. That's fine to me. I don't worry about that. People ask me that all the time. They say, what happens if you need a vaccine to trade? What happens if your trading company, the uh, brokerage platform requires you to show proof of vaccination before you can open up an account? I'm like, that's fine. It's okay. It doesn't like things like this don't bother. I don't think of stuff like that because I have that inner energy, that inner, inner hustler that I'll make it work no matter what, no matter what the circumstances are. Mm, great. That's a, I, I think that's say, a great attitude. The, the greatest thing you're going to learn off Marcus Allen is that skill. You, Marcus, for whatever scheme he's promoting, is always you're always demonstrating that hustling attitude, Marcus. Yeah. You know, I would say that the chief skill that you demonstrate to people by your life is exactly what Tiago was talking about. Yep. And kind of on a tangent, speaking of that, guess how many of my Amish neighbors work for a big corporation? Zero. Right. That, mm -hmm. That's like the most important thing to know, especially nowadays coming, coming up. Zero. Yeah. And, you know, and I think also, Frank, um, 
for me, very small things make me happy in life. When I when I walk outside, I'm here in Nova Scotia, and I take a big breath uh, of air of the Atlantic Ocean. It makes me so happy. I don't have yeah. to, I don't have to have a Ferrari in my garage to be happy, right? I don't have to have a Dodge Viper. I don't have to have a six bedroom house. You see, this these are the things that my daughter asks me these questions as well, you know. And I say this is not happiness. It makes my life more comfortable, yes, but you know, for me, you know. I love smelling trees. I love smelling the air, the ocean. These are simplistic things that make me happy. You know, I like uh, animals. I love animals. I, you know, I love interacting with animals. So for me, it's, you know, it doesn't matter. You want to take trading away from me. You want to take, you know, my financial uh, IQ away from me in this realm. Yeah. Go ahead. It doesn't it, see that. That stuff does not bother me one bit. Um, you could take everything away from me. I'll still be happy and I'll still make it happen and successful in another, in a, you know, in another format that they have planned. Yes. Tay, uh, are you, and, and I've no doubt, by the way, go ahead, Frank. No, sorry. I've got no doubt that Tiago would be exactly like that. Mm -hmm. Are you Frank? Are you still in uh, Geelong, Australia? Yes, I am. Yeah. Okay. I used to work, uh, I used to work with a gentleman there on the Victoria ambulance service, uh, Lachlan Garvey. Oh wow! I'll, I'll see if I can track him down. Yeah, you I've, ever, still, I've, if, I've started. I started frequenting um, karaoke bars again, mm -hmm. so uh, <laughs> I'm meeting all sorts of people. Well, he works uh, for the Victoria Ambulance Service. I used to be a paramedic. I used to yeah. actually. I've been to Australia about twenty times because I used to work in uh, Honiara in Solomon Islands, and I used to work in. Uh, I've, uh, I've worked in, there too, by the way. In what Dilly. Yeah, it is a dump. I used to work in East Timor as well. So a lot of the people that I work with were from the Australian Defense Force, a lot of the nurses and right. paramedics. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, if you ever come across one of your ambos there, um, ask for Lachlan Garvey and tell him Tiago from Canada says hello. He'll be shocked that you know me. He'll be like, holy <laughs> shit, how do you know this guy? That would totally be proof of a small world, eh? Yes, yeah. and I and I don't like Vegemite. He tried making me eat Vegemite, and I don't <laughs> like it. It tastes like car oil. <laughs> it's true. Wow. <laughs> okay well we've been going about an hour and uh, now that we've got on a vegemite i think it's time to shut her down i think that's the end of the line i, I would end it on vegemite myself yeah <laughs> i think we've done well it's been an should we go around the room with for some closing comments to shut down the show or sure who wants to start catch 22 are you still on the air yeah i'm still here just all taking right. it all in well, thanks for joining. I know it's uh, not exact. We we changed tracks on tonight's show. It was going to be more of a. What did she want to talk about? No, well, we were gonna. We 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 thought that we were still going to do the you present one topic and then we talk about it. But I uh, presented two of them tonight. Yeah. Okay. So I guess it was. I guess it was the show that we intended to do. So it was good. But uh, okay, I got so. a question. I got a question for her. What do you think of Lizzo? Okay. <laughs> what? What? Um. Who's she's, she's a singer. Pull up, pull up her, pull up her um Twitter account or something, Tim. Lizzo. I don't yeah. follow Lizzo very closely. I've listened to some of her songs. I. What did she do? Well, my my oldest son just can't get enough of all the Lizzo beat. L i z z o is it yeah, or l i z? No, that's her. Is there? That's her. You know, wait, taste. This is rather large. Yes, this is one of the most popular singers right now. Oh, okay, well, I yeah. can see why. <laughs> no, <Not. 
Everyone uh, taking a taking a peek here. This goes down with the any body size is healthy size. Yes, no fat shaming. No fat shaming. Which of course is a, a big lie. And okay. do you know who introduced the world to Lizzo for all of us? I don't remember. I give you a hint. He is knighted. He's knighted. And he wears glasses, and he no has a two Oh, uh, what's his name? Uh, the uh, Elton John. Elton John. John. Yes. Oh, Elton John. Wow, thank you. Who Elton introduces John. the world to most of the new singers? So he's one of the handlers for them. It looks like. That's my favorite picture right there. Yeah. So, Is that on your wall? The, oh that's my on God. my wallpaper. Yeah. How'd you know? Are you spying on me, Tim? No, I meant is it on your wall, just say over your bed. No, no, it's on my screensaver. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that's uh, what a way to end the night. Now I'm not going to be able to sleep. <laughs> me neither. <laughs> you can't unsee that, can you? No. Well, well, she fills the screen, doesn't she? All right. They they do say the camera adds ten pounds. Yeah. Okay. Well, then so she got an extra large <laughs> camera. You got about ten cameras. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, Frank. Any closing comments from G Long? Mm. He's he's thinking, you, Frank. Well, I want to redirect to Frank. Um, once he regains his composure. He did a really good reply in the comments. Yeah, I'll post. I'm going to post that in the notes. What bacteria make protein? Yes, and that started a salt conversation, as it as as one might have expected. And Frank did some great replies, and uh, really breaks down the the myth of too much salt that they are propagating. And then he goes into the acid alkaline explanation, which most people have upside down. Mm-hmm which I, I definitely wouldn't have been able to uh, understand or explain what Frank did in the, in the comments here. So make sure you read comments on Fakeologist's blog. You'll, you'll hit a goldmine. I did ask Frank to possibly transfer that, this digest, all the comments, and put it on the Fakeologist forums where it can easily be discovered under the health topic. So hopefully Frank can do that if, uh, if Frank... Uh, remembers are you still there frank i guess he is having uh broadcast issues okay good yep. well thanks everyone for joining Wait, Tiago. Get Tiago and i have a final oh, sorry thing. all right, Tiago, right? Escape. you can't escape we're not gonna let you leave <laughs> i want to escape the old normal there go you ahead go. Diego. What, what, what was the question final thoughts yeah, no, you know what? Uh, Just uh, thank you for inviting me, um, and you know, having a, a nice, uh, a nice, eloquent chat here. And uh, I hope you guys have a great weekend. And uh, catch twenty-two. I didn't know you were Tim's daughter, so that's pretty cool. Uh, my daughter's not so brave; she's she's really shy. But uh, it's, it's nice to uh, hear that you're here and talking to us about the younger generation. Um, so that's pretty. I thought that that was pretty cool. But uh, thank you for having me, and I'll catch uh, catch up with you guys next time. And my final thought is a feedback for your blog, Tim. Okay. Your blog is very jumpy nowadays, and I'm thinking it's because you have the never-ending automatic page loading feature on. Yeah, maybe turn that off. Yeah, because I can't. Every time I go to read something, it jumps to to something. 
Yeah, I can do that. Yeah, maybe it's always loading. Okay, so as long as people don't mind pressing the next button. Yeah, I'll do that. It could have something to do with the comment system. It's some taxing scripts on it that might cause trouble. But uh, yeah, the forums is much faster using a different script. So hopefully people can uh, check out the Fakeologist forums. And just remember, uh, a, Marcus, I better give you the last word. Did you? That was it. Just fix that, that, and that would be great so I can read your comments because I can't read them now. It's always jumping. Oh, right. Okay, yeah, we'll do that. And there's always a latest comments on the very top of the blog. So thank you, everyone, for showing up. Announce of Salt, who has gone silent from Geelong, Australia. And Catch-22 uh, from a portion of this household on the north shore of Lake Ontario, and Tiago from City, Nova Scotia, and Marcus from Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, home of the German Amish, as I learned today mm -hmm. from uh, another interesting audio chat. And the person's name is Ask Somebody, Ask Whisper. I can't remember his name, actually. His name is Kevin from Oregon, and I'll be posting that possibly tomorrow. Very interesting new fakeologist audio chatter which is found at fakeologist.com forward slash audio chat if you want to join in and discuss different really interesting topics. Yeah, I got high listening to him. It was great. Yeah, yeah he, that was, that was going to be one of my questions. How much does he smoke? But I didn't get to that. He's, he's got so much information. This guy is unbelievable. Unbelievable. So if you haven't heard this guy, uh, he's, he's actually a very nice guy. And I even introduced him to Dave J. Oh my God, oh that was that was like uh, introducing a pit bull to a chihuahua. Didn't go well, but that was he came back. He came back. That's that's all you need to know. So there you I would go. Like to, I would like to thank my number one fan, uh, Dirty Benny. Thank you. Oh, nice. <laughs> that's my parting my parting words. Thanks, Dirty Benny. You're a real one. You're and great. And Tunax. Wow, you got a whole bunch of fans in there. Yeah, I'm really popular. Yeah, well, good. But everyone likes a, a new voice and def definitely a new, another generation, that's for sure. Another generation really adds to this. And that, that just shows the uniqueness of this broadcast. We, we go all over the place and it, we try and make it interesting because especially for you core group that comes back night after night, it's amazing. And it's, it's quite unprecedented, I think, in this day and age of uh, infinite programming. So, yeah, thanks for everyone for choosing and uh, thanks everyone for coming out and I better end it now. So have a good night all. All the best. Take care. Bye-bye.